0: Harry Callan's house in Santry, Dublin. It has a blue and white lifebuoy hanging inside the glassed-in porch. It's only an ornament, but it symbolises a lot about Harry. He's an old sailor whose life was once spared. I like calling to see Harry. For a man with such a tragic tale to tell, he still manages to cheer me up. He greets me in German.
1: Good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning, How are you doing? I'm it's great. beautiful day. i beautiful day. I can hear the birds singing again. Oh yeah, but we have very few round to hear. It's
0: early morning, but Harry is dapper. He has on a crisp white shirt and what looks like a regimental tie. Most tall men stoop, but even though Harry is over 90 years old, he is ramrod straight.
1: For me, it's a good morning every morning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I smell coffee from the kitchen. Well, I go through
1: here, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Harry loves coffee.
1: I'll turn this up,
0: It's not yet nine o'clock and still the TV is on loud.
1: You're bringing up, up the middle of the paratroopers.
0: It's tuned to the history channel.
1: And they were used in the Men
0: in army uniforms are jumping from aircraft. But don't take it, that's it is. That's great. Thanks very much. Very I see he has his cardigan on inside out. That's for luck, he tells me. He smiles. It's a great big smile. It's the smile of a man who knows he has been really lucky. He takes a sip of coffee. We are quiet a while. His gaze settles on a spot on the carpet. It's as if he has never seen that particular part of the pattern before he looks up at me, holds my eyes and tells me of the first time he ever tasted coffee.
1: January 41. That is around one o'clock when they attacked us. And then around five o'clock then, we were all locked in then, and then around five o'clock the door was opened then and we got a couple of pots of coffee come in.
0: Coffee is right there at the heart of so many episodes in Harry's story. It's there at the lowest and most frightening times, and it's there also at a time he can never forget.
1: She brought me and took me over and pulled a chair out and sat me down.
0: A time when the proffered cup held in the tremble of a gentle loving hand saved his life and might also have saved his mind.
1: And you don't know, nor no one knows, how I felt then. But you sit down the first time in a year and a half to a hot cup of coffee—no <laughs> one knows how I felt. Yes. Yeah. Which? In the school, or?
2: Harry
0: is having morning coffee in the back garden of a house with a German family in the town of Bremerforde yeah. in northern Germany. Yeah. The first time he came to this town, he was in a column of prisoners, force marched through the streets. And Bremer-Ford stands out
1: in my mind because the people are right on the three stones and threw everything out his bar of the kitchen sink. For that seaman, yeah. they were Alice Uber.
0: If your first memory of a town is of a place where you were once pelted with stones, then there's probably no way you'd return there, let alone sit down for coffee with the locals. But this is exactly what Harry Callan does every year.
2: Thank you for the pictures.
0: With members of his family.
2: Hello. I'm Brian. Uh-huh.
0: It's a sort of annual pilgrimage for Harry, revisiting the places where he was kept prisoner by the Nazis. And everywhere he goes, the locals bring out the traditional German snack for him, cafe und Kuchen, coffee and cake.
1: At the moment, Putin in, in Russia, he is also a, a, a man. He likes to be full of power and to. to, to
0: when conversation turns to Harry and his fellow prisoners being stoned on the nearby streets, the locals say, often in such cases, the townspeople had little choice.
1: And, and some German people intended to give them some water or bread, but uh,
0: then the, the
1: German soldiers said no.
0: Harry is inclined to agree.
1: And anyone that didn't agree, they, they disappeared in the night. This is where the fear came along. The staple were judge, jury and executioner. That's what people here, the younger people here, must understand at that period. They were the judge, jury and executioner.
0: Harry Callan is from Derry. He left school early. There was little employment, so he joined the British Merchant Navy and that's how he found himself off the coast of Africa in the middle of the war in 1941, sitting in the galley of a cargo ship.
1: I was cook and butcher at this time.
0: And he had just turned 17.
1: We carried meat only,
0: frozen. The crew were fairly relaxed. These were considered safe waters. The German Navy usually hunted further north.
1: We felt safe down there, but when you open to the North Atlantic then that was where you're on your P's and
0: Q's A ship was noticed on the horizon.
1: We ran out to see the ship. When you when you see it that you'd be seeing that for days and you would never see a ship. I mean, you see it everybody's out looking. When you're a boy and you're on the ship, the way the mind of a boy would be walking like, you'd say, Look at that big ship. Now, this ship came down, we thought it was the American Hamburg Line ship.
0: As the ship drew closer, it turned out that the flag that it was flying was not the Stars and Stripes.
1: She was flying the big Russian flag on the stern, and she just drifted round, and, and we thought he was going behind us and straight on, like, you know.
0: As the Russian ship drifted away, everyone returned to their duties. Harry went back to the galley. However, the Russian ship wasn't gone. It lowered the hammer and sickle and hoisted the German swastika. Harry's cargo vessel was now in the sights of a German Navy ship known as a surface raider.
1: Raiders were an ordinary ship, the same as her cargo ship, but they were camouflaged. The guns were camouflaged.
0: Raiders spent years at sea. Living off captured cargo from Allied vessels and taking prisoners.
1: Well, it just round us when he opened fire, hit the bridge.
0: Harry's ship didn't stand a chance. They had one old gun on the stern.
1: And uh, the skipper says, "Take to the boats." So we took to the lifeboats, and hell opened up. Uh, Uh, Hell really opened. They opened up and let fly. Bombard, we jumped out of the lifeboat. Sparks says, well, if he's not going to come for us, the sharks will take us.
0: As he was being pulled from the water and onto the German warship in January 1941, young Harry Callan was frightened.
1: I was dead scared and I couldn't say I was scared or try and show I thoughtddy try and hide it you got a clip near in, in those days you said you were scared or a kick up the ass what are you afraid
0: of once on board it seemed there was nothing to be afraid of anyone who was
1: injured was taken to their sick bay down some the door was opened then we got a bread and a bear's a bit of tongue with and a bit of jam and a couple
0: of pots of coffee come in. That was Harry's first taste of coffee. Harry and the other prisoners were moved in stages to German-occupied France. At one point, they were in the hold of a prison ship, all seated around the sides. Someone had started a fire to antagonise their German captors. A group of Germans came down to put out the fire. As they were going back up, one of them paused and turned.
1: It pointed the gun down and pulled the trigger. And swept it around like that there.
0: The bullets sprayed around the hold. One of them just missed Harry. Instead, it hit a man called Frank Evans.
1: He was sitting beside me, and he just collapsed. I didn't know what happened at the time. I thought he lay back and he heard the machine gun. I didn't move, I was scared stiff.
0: Frank Evans died. Harry survived. He was lucky. You wouldn't normally use lucky in a situation like that. But as Harry's war became more awful, that grim look stayed with him. Harry is knocking on the side of a railway boxcar. It's in a field in northern Germany. When Harry came here in 1941, the sounds were not of knocking, but of pounding.
1: We couldn't get water along the road.
0: Harry and his fellow prisoners were packed into the boxcars at the end of a long journey.
1: We were five days and five nights from Bordeaux to Bremerford, northern Germany.
0: They were calling out through the narrow slits in the sides. Shouting for water mostly, they were all shouting for water. Civilians in there, as well, no all merchant
1: seamen, okay, all merchant seamen,
0: young Harry did not realize at the time that the boxcar contained the means of his survival, squashed in there with him were thirty-one other men, all of them Irish, and all of them captured from various merchant vessels. The Germans were uncertain as to how they would deal with the neutral Irish. The simple solution was to lump them together and move them on for the foreseeable future. These comrades would be Harry's family.
2: Owen Corr, Rush, County Dublin. Gerald O'Hara, Ballinagh, County Mayo. Patrick Breen, Blackwater, County Wexford. Thomas Murphy, Dublin. William Knox, Dunleary, County Dublin.
0: Harry and the Irish were held in camps for captive sailors. They lived off Red Cross parcels and camp food, which was sometimes terrible, but which, for Harry's first Christmas dinner in captivity, was sometimes surprisingly good.
1: I never, ever forget that Christmas dinner. Big pork chop, green peas, and beautiful mashed potatoes. Mm. Mm. At home, we would have called them pointies because we make pointies with butter and milk. And then a sprinkle of onion into it, like you know. But they were really creamy, really beautiful. I've never forgotten. I can still always feel the taste of the potatoes and the, and the peas.
0: Harry is telling this story in the village of Vester a village bordered by woodland which contained one of the camps. With, with, a, with, a talk, with a, talks to the talks to the people. Here, the locals have set out a picnic table with coffee and cake for Harry and his family. Yeah. At the edge of the wood is a memorial to those held in the camp. Harry puts on his merchant seamen's blazer and medals and lays a wreath in memory of his comrades.
1: So I paid tribute to those that have gone before me, and I'm the last of the 32 Irishmen
2: Charles Byrne, Arklow, County Wicklow. Valentine Harris, Pierce House, Dublin. John J. Moffat, Ross's Point, Wexford. Bernard Goulding, Skibbereen, Cork. Richard Flynn, Tremore, County Waterford.
1: I was called to the gate along with another 31 Irishmen, and we are all What are we here for? And everybody is telling us, Oh, you're going home. Anyway, we called to the gate and told to get her what gear we had and come back up. So we got all what we had we could carry in a a sock. Anyway, we all arrived up there at the gate again. We were all hanging around and everybody's around. Oh, you are going home and they were stuffing addresses and letters into our pockets. God, our pockets were bulging with notes and post them when you get home, won't you now for me? Phone that, would you? I said, we are all saying yes, yes. Eventually, two lorries came and we off we went.
0: But the Germans had no plans to send Harry and the other Irish home. With most of their men away at the front, they needed workers.
1: Apparently, some of them were interviewed by the Stapo men to try and get them to go out to work for Germany, work in factories or whatever the job they
0: were capable of doing, like, you know. But supporting the war effort in, the, in working in those factories. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was against the Geneva Convention to make prisoners work making weapons. The Germans tried gentle persuasion first.
1: We were allowed to go and do what we like. We were all up around Bremen every morning, every day, all day long there, walking around. Nobody with us. Whether they're watching us from any afar, I don't know, but... Certainly we had the freedom of the city. It was lovely. I mean, Raymond's a lovely, nice city.
0: The Germans persisted in asking the Irish to sign documents agreeing to work for the Third Reich. The Irish persisted in refusing. They were wary of signing any document.
1: We were brought up then to get linen for our beds. And they were handing out the linen. Your man put a form in front to sign that. No, we're not signing that. And he took the bedclothes back from him again.
0: Sleeping without bed linen was going to be the least of the Irish worries. The Germans changed tack and offered the Irish sailors work on German ships. He
1: said, You should go on the ship. He said, You're a seaman. You can work on the ship. He said, and he came back and said, We go to Sweden. As much as they say, When you go to Sweden, we'll let you off, like you know. But the answer was no.
0: The Irish said no too often. The Germans stopped trying to persuade them to work for the Third Reich. One night they were loaded into trucks. Some tried to read the stars to find out where they were headed, but they could not even see the sky.
1: We crept the dawn, and we arrived as we knew afterwards, Fargé.
0: Fargé was a work camp for a secret Nazi project on the North German coast.
1: And then was the first word I learned then in German was Rousse. And the second was snail. Rousse was me move and, and, and snail was quick. We were thrown into a room and the door was locked. We made ourselves as comfortable as we could and we were just dozing off when the door suddenly came, opened up and these fellas come in with big rubber hoses, welping everybody they could get their hands on. So, those that were nearest to them tackled them and took the hose off them and threw them out the door again. So, we had to get up him and go out, line up. And when he stayed there until the doctor came, that was at about four o'clock in the morning, he examined us back in front and we were lined up. You, you work for Germany? No.
0: The Germans weren't going to take no for an answer. The work on the building site in Farge was far too important.
1: Your civilians know we said we're prisoners of war. You're (laughs) civilians and you'll (laughs) work here. And I'm telling you, we worked. Because life is sweet. Don't let anyone tell you they'll die before they do that. There's no, no heroes among us. doing the 12-hour day's work here. We were called at 3 o'clock in the morning. We had a wash in cold water. We had to stand outside then at 4 o'clock to get a little of soup. Line up then in fives. And uh, we start then at 5 o'clock. And then 12 o'clock then we get two slices of bread and half a cup of cold coffee. We had half an hour of a break and then back in again. And then 6 o'clock finished and we lined up.
2: Thomas Cooney, Wexford. Edward Condon, Passage West, County Cork. William Kelly, Waterford. John J. Ryan, Waterford. Patrick Riley, Wicklow. Patrick Kavna, Wicklow. Isaac Christie Ryan, Tremor, County Waterford. Thank you.
0: The camp at Fargé is now headquarters of the local historical society, and as one of the last survivors, Harry is an honoured guest for coffee and cake.
1: Roughly eight foot that went between the pillars, like you know, the steel that went up, all done by hand, raised by hand.
0: In one of the camp buildings, the society has gathered a display of photographs from the secret project Harry and the other Irish prisoners were forced to work on.
1: They had to lift that up. There was no crane they lift it up. They lifted up. The crane only went up higher, brought it up and left it there. And then they had to manhand it into the, in between the pillars there to see. We were now digging, taking the saws off all that from there right down to the end of there. We're taking a time.
0: few miles from the camp, Harry revisits the site of the building project he worked on each day.
1: And they were all stacked at the very end there down that end.
0: Harry's first job was to clear the ground for foundations.
1: the foundation and all that was brought around to the front there.
0: These foundations were to be incredibly deep to match the ambition of the project. Would you believe 30 meters? 30 meters. a hundred foot of foundations going down. What could possibly be planned to stand above that? What the Germans were going to build in Farge was a factory for new submarines, and they were going to do it with slave labor, over 10,000 of them, including Harry and the other 31 Irish prisoners. This was to be no ordinary shipbuilding factory. The Nazis expected this place to assemble and launch a new submarine every two days. It was going to be a huge bunker. Strong enough to withstand the bombs the Allies had at the time.
1: And the walls are four and a half foot thick. The roof's over 20 foot thick.
0: With walls and roof that thick, it's probably not surprising that the bunker at Farge is still standing.
1: We're now at the bunker, the famous bunker.
0: It has an interpretive centre and staff.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yes, you oh, I'm delighted so so to, nice to see was you again. a hug, would you? God. <laughs> <laughs> they lovely to
0: see you. They welcome Harry's annual visits. He is a living witness and is videoed and questioned all the time he's there.
1: Harry, yeah. Harry, you picture of Gerald O'Hara. He's from my own. that's Gerald O'Hara. But he that poor man should never have been picked. He sure he couldn't. He was dying with asthma. Uh,
0: there are tours conducted inside the bunker. You can
2: look.
1: Yes. It's not finished, but you can see how it will be
0: in there. It feels like being in a concrete cathedral.
1: Oh, it's huge, it's nearly a quarter of a mile long. It's 180 feet high.
0: Although Harry was a slave, alongside thousands of others here, when he looks up and talks about the bunker, he seems strangely proud of their work.
1: You have four and a half foot square of steel bars, all entwined, and then the boards were put up and the cement was poured in there. I said this before, how far they advanced they were in cement. They were able to bring them up from Bremen, and barges. This is before it's time. Hitler said my Reichsmarsch will stand for a thousand years. It lasted 12 years, but the bunker will stand for another thousand years.
0: The submarines to be built in the bunker may have been the ultimate in engineering sophistication, but the construction relied on forced manual labour. To dig the foundations, Harry and his fellow prisoner were given between them one spade and a short length of rope. Neither man knew what to do, so they just stood there and did nothing. Five minutes after we were still standing there, making back dumb coffee. While one man was digging, the other was supposed to grab the rope and pull the spade through the soil. Well,
1: so I believe that's the first time I've saw two men using a long spade. <laughs> we had laughs, like, you know, we had to have laughs. We had good times and bad
0: times. It's hard to think there were any good times when you hear Harry talk about the bad times.
1: We had a foreman there, a lanky fella.
0: That's the fella that
1: called me a dumb cop. One fella, he, w- he wasn't using the shovel enough. He took the shovel off and hit him a wallop across the back of the head, was it? And your man went down. He never got up again. And he was lying there for a while, and the next bucket come over, he just made them tip it up over him, just left him there. <laughs> It was rice, snail, banging, chicken. Life was nothing. There was plenty there. I was nineteen when we went in there. The elderly man, they couldn't see us getting out of there. They couldn't see us getting anywhere. Grouse, snail. Grouse, snail. And all we lived on was hope. Hope was the only thing that kept us going. Grouse, snail. Grouse, snail.
2: Thomas C. Bryce, Clontarf. Thomas King, Clifton, County Galway. Patrick J. O'Brien, Armagh. Peter Lydon, Tralee, County Kerry. James Gorman, Clotterhead, County Louth. Patrick J. O'Connor, Carlingford, County Louth.
0: A group of local secondary school students are outside the gate of the bunker. Every year, to coincide with Harry's visit, they run a race through the village.
2: At the bunker, they worked at bad working conditions and that's not very nice there. And we want to run the race because we want to show them that we... Um, heard about that and shared the opinion that is, it was not right.
1: And I, I would like to run with you a day but I not allow me to run. So. But I wish you all the best.
0: Just before the race, there is a minute's silence for the thousands who died there. Then Harry starts the race.
1: Whoa! Good luck, guys.
2: We remember the 32 men who were all Irish-born British Merchant Navy men. And Harry would now like to lay the wreath in memory of all of those men. Michael O'Dwyer, Cork. Robert Rosaman, Bray, County Wicklow. James Furlong, Wexford.
1: We kept it ourselves and we had rooms to ourselves and we worked only amongst ourselves. We didn't work with any other one.
2: William Rings End, Dublin. Michael Lowry, Williamstown, County Galway.
1: We were not going to be divided. If we kept together, we were shouting with one voice then.
2: Daniel Ryan, County Clare. John Patrick O'Brien, Kinsale, County Cork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, the Irish government had asked the German government what Irish men were in the prisoners of war and instead of the Irish doing it themselves they handed it over to the Germans
0: The other 31 men that were there were they a mixture of men with English passports and Irish passports or did they all have British passports?
1: The no British passport. Only had the discharge book.
0: So, had you? You were, you know, technically speaking, you you would have been under a British passport, wouldn't you?
1: Correct. But we didn't have any British passports. We only, a, a seaman didn't have a passport. Our seaman's book was to be was the
0: passport. Would that have seaman. nominated your nationality?
1: Well, it would give my address where I was, which would have been London Despite
0: their many attempts to get the Irish government to work for their freedom they were left there. But it was the German authorities, in the form of the camp commandant and the camp doctor, who got Harry and the other Irish prisoners off the building work. The Irish were unusual. Most prisoners either served their time after a few weeks or died on the site. Over a year and a half had passed and the Irish were still there. The commandant wrote to Berlin and asked what he should do with them. Berlin replied, send them to a concentration camp certain death. Conveniently, the commandant lost the letter. Then Harry became sick with pleurisy. The camp doctor, having examined him, asked Harry to come to work at his home.
1: He says, uh, would you like to help my wife in the yard. I nearly jumped down his throat. I said, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I said.
0: He first arrived in the doctor's kitchen.
1: And there were three young children there, Marika, Uwe and Enno. They must have been frightened when they saw the looks of me.
0: They must have been. Years of malnutrition and forced labour had transformed a fit young man into a living skeleton.
1: Clothes hanging on me like, you know, what clothes I had.
0: The doctor's young maid, a woman called Katie, told him to come inside and sit down. But I still still stand there.
1: And Kitty came over. <laughs> Sorry. I took my by arm and pulled the chair out, and sat me down. I gave me a cup of hot scalded coffee and a biscuit. And I'm sure it was her her own biscuits she gave me afterwards. I I realised it was her own biscuits she had given me. But he sat down the first time in a year and a half to a hot cup of coffee. (laughs) No one knows how I felt. <laughs> she had turned me from an animal. She, had the start, turned me from an animal. That's all I was—just treated as one, worked as one. A dear human being, again. I'm never forgotten. Where's Marika? There's
2: Marika. Here we
0: go. Oh,
2: <laughs> schön dich zu sehen, Harry, dass das noch klappt.
0: Harry is hugging a woman in her 70s. <laughs> one of the doctor's children. He meets them every year and they recall for him the time he worked in their house. He repaired
1: the bicycles. (laughs) Both girls liked him and it was was lifeful, full of life.
0: It's impossible to imagine a more different life for the 19-year-old Harry. He had swapped the Dantesque for the heavenly. The violence and danger of the bunker for a garden filled with children.
1: On the Wiese, we played. Yeah. And on the oh, Wiese, yeah. sw- swimming. Oh, you swimming? Yeah. yeah, I used to yeah. think you swimming. That's how much the mother trusted me to go with them. And, and Harry, you a wippe? On the, so see-saw. Yes, on the wippe. seesaw. Yeah, so a
2: wippe. Seesaw, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I was very oh. happy there. Mm.
2: And schaukel.
1: Oh, yeah, they had the, the, the gymnastic things outside in the garden, like, you know, yeah. mm. the rings, yeah. 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 The rings, also to Yeah, swing also.
0: Of course, there were not just children at the doctor's house. There were adults also, Germans, who were kind to Harry, especially Katie the maid.
1: No, I loved Katie. I loved her as a sister, or, or you would love your mother, like, you know. And there was nothing I wouldn't have done for her.
0: Although Harry had to return to camp each evening, being in the doctor's house kept the war away, at least for a few hours. But then one day, the war came to them. The armies of the Third Reich were in retreat. The invading Allies targeted the bunker... The doctor's family went down to the basement, all except Harry. One of the doctor's children, little seven year old Uwe, went to find Uncle Harry. And to
1: call him, but he refused to go to, into the cellar. We stood at the, the door of the kitchen where you could see the bunker. We both watched the bombs falling down on the bunker. This I remember very well. <laughs>
0: A skinny young man holds a small child's hand as they watch the bombing of the bunker.
1: Both of us stood there. He was so happy.
0: (laughs) And maybe Harry thought that day that it was all over. But it wasn't. In the final weeks of the war, instead of handing over their prisoners to the Allies, the Nazis moved as many as possible away from the front to their deaths. Harry was lucky. The British arrived before he and his fellow Irishmen could be transported. Harry has his merchant seaman's blazer and medals on again. He is at the Commonwealth Grave Cemetery outside Dusseldorf, walking beside the uniform line of grave markers.
1: I've come here now this evening to lay wreath for uh, five of my comrades that died in the camp in Foggy.
0: When the British liberated them in May 1945, five of the Irish sailors had already died.
1: I I lay this wreath in the name of O'Hara, Breen, Knox, Carr and Murphy.
0: Harry's at ease here.
1: Yeah, I get a feeling that, I, that I'm with them. like, you know. I feel comfortable when I come in. You know, not when you go to the your graveyard, you're, you're on the edge, or, you know, it's not the same. If you go. But I feel comfortable when I come to them.
0: Another cemetery. The graves are like flower beds. Some with no markers. Harry is in a jumper. He's grieving much more openly here. Tears running down his cheeks. He's at the grave of the maid who showed him such kindness, Katie.
2: Her daughter, Birgit,
0: is beside him as he lays flowers.
2: positive
0: she starts to tell an impromptu story. It's about her mother having a dream, but also about Harry returning a
2: favour.
0: Her mother dreamt that she was sitting in a room filled with light. A man comes in, puts his arms around her and lays his head upon her chest. Birgit's mother was dying. She was in pain from cancer. Someone saw a small story in a local paper about an Irishman named Harry visiting the town. He had worked on the bunker during the war. They got in touch with Harry and asked him to come and see Katie. The day he came, she was sitting in a room filled with light and flowers. He hugged her and put his head on her chest. Birgit says her mother felt no more pain from that day until her death three months later.
1: Can you manage that? You can. Well, I'm you. always chastely hard at the cash desk. I was over the Letters the other day and I said, there's uh, no discount for a recycled teenager. Well, your woman broke out in laughter. She says, I've heard them all. I never heard that one before, she says.
0: Harry lives alone. He is a widower. Near the TV, a chair is filled with his grandchildren's stuffed toys. After the war, he went back to sea and ended up working on the B&I ferries as a cook. Harry's children remember him waking up the whole house with wartime nightmares. But when he was awake, he never spoke of the war. That is, until about ten years ago. Now he will tell anyone who's prepared to listen about building the bunker.
1: We arrived in Bremerford in forty-one after a trip of five days and five nights.
0: And you wonder why, until you realise... That he needs to keep intact the memory of a time when 32 men forged a pact and vowed to stay together no matter what. No water,
1: no coffee, no nothing else.
0: He'll tell you of the time when they allowed themselves to think no further than the next ladle of soup. And that's all we got. They're all resting now, but not Harry. He keeps on talking.
1: Couldn't get water to drink.
0: That's the job he has assigned to himself. It's his duty. He is, after all. The last man standing.
1: I don't know what station we stopped at in the way, but we were five days and five nights there because we had to stop a lot along the way to let the troop trains pass us. And then we had 12 kilometres roughly to walk down to the camp. And we were rushed then because the guards, when they got there, they were finished and they were wanting to get finished and they were rushing us and we weren't able to end and That had to